Hello everyone and welcome to this, the December edition of the Angus Newshound. And so of course, the last for this year. This one follows the pattern set for the first time last month. A collection of news items covering the whole of Angus and taken mainly from the last three editions of the Angus County Press. As usual, the passages are selected and read by our volunteers and this month we have Muriel reading the news from the 23rd of November, followed by Irene covering the week of the 30th of November, then Julie doing the honours for the most recent paper which came out on the 7th of December. Before we get started, let me remind you, as always, of the importance of returning the yellow pochettes and the USB sticks if that's how you receive this service. If in fact you're listening on CD, there is no need to return the CD, but please do return the pochette so it can be used again to send you future editions. And of course we want the USB sticks back because we can use them again and again. If you want to change how you get our recordings or have any other comments or questions on our service, please get in touch. One way would be to put a note into the pochette when you return it. Well, we'll be back in the new year with a January edition of the Angus New Sound. Till then, I hope you have a good Christmas, and all of us here at Angus Talking Newspapers wish you good health and happiness over the festive period and throughout 2024. But sticking to this year, here is Muriel to start us off on news from the 23rd of November. Keep safe. Bye. Hi, my name is Muriel and I'm reading from Angus County Press, dated the 23rd of November. The first article is by Dave Dugan, MP. Few of us can fail to have been shocked by the nature of the rain and subsequent flooding which crashed into Angus in late October. For many families in Brechin, Tanadice, Finavon and neighbouring areas across North Angus, the storm brought flood water up to, and for some, into their properties, destroying homes and businesses, and tragically it led to the deaths of two people. I am sure that the thoughts of all of us remain with their families and loved ones. We can all readily acknowledge that for each of our hope that for each of us, our home is the place where we feel most secure and safe. It is not difficult, therefore, to understand how devastating flooding within people's homes is. I visited flooded communities to see the devastation affecting constituents, some of whom were inundated with flood waters reaching more than a metre deep. I went to Tanadice a few days after the storm and witnessed the bog burden still thrashing through at an explosive and terrifying rate into the swollen South Esk. The scale of the damage is incredible as seen on River Street Brechin, Carvan Park and surrounding areas. It is evident too in the depth of the flood waters in Bridge of Dun to the severe cost to constituents there and nearby. The community response has been wonderful with donations and practical support for people during and after the storm. While it would have been impossible to prevent much of the damage, Angus Council coordinated a highly effective multi-agency task force to mitigate the effects of the storm, without which things would have been far worse. This natural disaster will cast a long shadow 
and it should be recognised by all that recovery will be a long, tough road. It is welcome that Angus Council have identified up to 10 million from various contingencies, with 250,000 already deployed. The financial support committed to by Scotland's First Minister will also be extremely important and will enable substantial repairs and prevention works to be carried out. For their part, Angus Council are to be applauded for their role in this complex and challenging operation. Bad as they are, this disaster for Angus could have been much worse. The Christmas season in Forfort recently got underway when the town's festive light display was switched on. The dreary weather did little to mute the enthusiasm of those who turned out for the switch-on event and the preceding Christmas market in the town centre. Santa, supported by Forfa Rotary Club, was a, top, was a top attraction for families who browsed through the stalls on Castle Street, manned by a variety of local producers, charities and organisations. Organised by Forfa Action Network, the organisation saw its year of fundraising and planning pay off, as new lighting f- features have been added to brighten the town centre. The group is run entirely by volunteers and relies on fundraising and donations to provide the display. This year, the guests of honour were Ken and Barbie, Marcus Summers and Neve Knox, who turn on the Christmas tree lights. On World COPD Day, Chest, Heart and Stroke Scotland spotlighted the challenges faced by Scots living with COPD. Ian Baxter from Forfer has shared his story to shine a light on the support needed for those living with the condition. Mr Baxter, 75, is chairman of the Forfer Airways Group, a peer support group affiliated to Chest, Heart and Stroke Scotland, supporting those living with COPD and other chest conditions. A long-time smoker who finally quit at the age of 60, Ian was diagnosed with COPD in 2004, but had to wait five years before receiving pulmonary rehab. In 2009, he helped set up Forfer Airways to provide exercise, activities and support for others with chest conditions. It was a condition I knew nothing about at the time. I didn't realise I would be living with COPD for a long time and that there were things I could do to make life easier. I asked at the time to get pulmonary rehab, but that didn't happen until 2009. The problem for people with our condition is there's nothing after rehab. You get two sessions a week for six weeks. It isn't long enough to make a difference. That's why a support group is so important because it gives people a social side too. Forfer Airways first met in a local community hospital and there were nine of us but we quickly grew in numbers and outgrew the room we had. From 2011 we've been meeting 
in the community fire station in Forfar. Now we have around 30 members. We do desperately need new members, but the gateway into membership is the official NHS pulmonary rehab. That way we know new people are fit to exercise because they have completed pulmonary rehab. We also take those referred by their GP. Non-members can also participate, but they must sign a disclosure for safety. Pulmonary rehab is absolutely essential for people with COPD, but there's more the NHS could be doing. The time spent having the scan and speaking to the consultant was the most valuable half hour I had spent in years. Angus Agriculture and Construction Equipment and Services Group Agricar has joined the team of sponsors of award-winning Angus Sports and Wellbeing Charity Strathmore Community Rugby Trust. The trust was founded in 2017 to increase public participation in sport, particularly rugby union and rugby league in the Forfar, Kerry and Brechin areas to benefit community health and well-being, as well as develop young people into healthy, positive members of the community through the positive ethos and values of rugby. It's since developed to run projects for people of all ages and abilities, including rugby for primary children with or undergoing diagnosis for autism, spectrum disorder, ASD, and their siblings, walking rugby for adults, unified rugby for adults and youths with disabilities, and a rugby academy for senior school pupils to learn life as well as rugby skills. It also works with partners on projects to benefit older and isolated people through regular events to chat and enjoy group activities. The Trust which works in partnership with Strathmore RFC, Brechin RFC, Sports Scotland, Scottish Rugby, Scottish Rugby League and Sporting Memories has had its activities recognised at the Scottish Charity Awards with the Pioneering Project Award in 2020 for the ASD Rugby Project, a royal visit in July 2019 by the Duke and Duchess of Edinburgh and the Duke becoming its royal patron in August 2020. The Trust funds its work from a range of sources including grants, donations and events as well as sponsorship by companies including Stracathro Estates and Shepherd Charter Surveyors. As a family business, strong on fam- family values, we are proud to support the Strathmore Community Rugby Trust and all it's involved in because it makes a very positive impact on the lives of many individuals in the local area as well as the wider community, said Agricar. Director Wendy Smith. Trust Vice Chair Gordon Cairn said it's a pleasure to welcome Agricar to our team of vital sponsors as it's a local company with a long history of being invested socially and economically in Angus. 
Despite the ugly weather forecast generated by Storm Debbie, it didn't deter a group of former serving Royal Marines and a dog called Ranach from donning waterproofs to remember the loss of a fellow Royal Marine. Marine Luke Ireland, aged 20, from Zulu Company, 45 Commando Royal Marines, lost his life on the hills above Glen Clover and Loch Brandy in November 2014. A memorial cairn and plaque have been, had been erected by his colleagues to commemorate his tragic loss. The harsh Scottish winters have taken their toll on the brass plaque, rendering it virtually, virtually illegible. With the permission of 45 Commando Royal Marines, the old plaque was removed and cleaned but it quickly became clear that it had done its duty and needed to be replaced. The money for the replacement plaque was raised in one evening by the East of Scotland Royal Marines Association RMA, Royal Marines Riders and the Arbroath Division of the Royal Marine Volunteer Cadets Corps, RMVCC. Once a Marine, always a Marine. A dedicated walking group of retired Royal Marines repositioned the new plaque and committed to paying their collective respects on the ninth anniversary of Luke's untimely loss. A group of eight old and bold left the Glen Clover car park mid-morning on November the 14th. They carried with them the RMA standard an RMVCC banner. Support, supporting the pilgrimage was a three-man base party who walked part of the way on the steeper lower sections to provide encouragement. 90 minutes after leaving the car park, the group reached the commemorative cairn high above Loch Brandy. The cairn is close to the location where Luke was found. They attached a poppy wreath to the cairn and toasted Luke's memory with a healthy tot of navy rum. Steve Nicholl recited a suitable form of words by celebrated Scottish poet Robert W. Service, while the standard and banner fluttered in the ever-present wintry breeze and the presence of respectful men wearing their green berries, once a marine, always a marine. The group plans to be in attendance once again for the 10th anniversary next year. Pupils at Monifeith and Carnoustie High Schools were recently given a talk at their recent careers night about working with Police Scotland. Sergeant Stuart Ramsey from Carnoustie, Monifeith and the Sidlaws Community Policing Team and PC Rebecca Percival from the Local Response Policing Team attended to give them an idea of the career opportunities available with the force. Sergeant Ramsey said it was great to see so many organisations and businesses support this event and to speak with so many young people thinking about a future in the police service. It was also nice to see and chat with some retired and currently serving officers who stopped by with their families some thinking about following in their footsteps. Carnoustie singers delighted for for audience 
recently with a varied musical programme. The group performed music from Bach to, to the Beatles, Vivaldi to the Vicar of Dibley, folk tunes to films, musicals, spirituals and jazz, ensuring there was something for everyone to enjoy. The chorus and groups were brilliantly conducted by Jill Harrison and expertly accompanied by Michael Robertson on piano and percussionist Peter Ney. There were also memorable solos and duets from Maggie Finlay and Andrew Joss on violin. The audience were treated to a thrilling evening of melody and it was thoroughly enjoyed by all who attended the evening. Pauline Lockhart has always had a passion professionally and personally to support the local community and spoke to East and Old Guild at their last meeting of the year about starting her own businesses, S-Mart, in 2019. It was the first social supermarket in Angus, selling surplus food at 50% discount and saving hundreds of tonnes of landfill waste. She and her team opened Brand Next Door for once loved clothing, and in 2021, the Green Cafe at Meyer Road, a homely restaurant cooking top-notch food at affordable prices, hiring 10 paid workers and volunteers. Members were most impressed with her drive and social conscience. An 80-year-old woman has shown it's never too late to learn new tricks as she learns to swim in her golden years. After decades of avoiding the water, Gloria Mitchell from Kerrymuir conquered her fear and took part in the Learn to Swim programme at her local Angus Alive facility, Webster's Sports Centre. The Learn to Swim National Framework, a partnership between Scottish Swimming and Scottish Water, has already seen more than 100,000 individuals take part in lessons up and down the country and is targeting another 100,000 by 2025. For Gloria, having tried to learn to swim in the early 70s at Ford for Public Bass, the then instructor had laughed when she got out of her depth, which had terrified her. Her fear was so great to the extent that she would only venture as far as the children's paddling pool while watching her friends swim on holidays abroad. Feeling left out among her friends, the local lady was inspired and was determined to learn to swim for her next holiday abroad. Gloria said, back in April, I asked Webster Sports Centre in Kerrymuir if they'd be willing to register an 80-year-old on beginners learn to swim swimming classes. They were more than de delighted to help but I swore them to secrecy so that my travel companions wouldn't find out about it as I wanted to surprise them with my newfound ability to swim while we were next abroad. When in Turkey they persuaded me to get into the big pool. The water was up my shoulders. I pretended I was weary. 
Then someone said they didn't like putting their face in the water, so with that statement, I put my face in the water and float it to the side. Their faces were a picture. They couldn't believe it when I then swam back to the middle. To see their faces and the thrill I had doing it was well worthwhile. It's thanks to all the staff at Webster's who encouraged me from day one. I will still be attending lessons as having had a knee replacement, I want to get my kicks stronger. But I can finally swim. I hope that by telling my story, others will find the courage to learn to swim. You're never too old to fulfil your wishes. My name is Irene and I'm reading from the Angus County Press, dated November the 30th, 2023. Pavement Parking Ban Ten streets in Angus will be exempt from the new pavement parking ban as government legislation comes into force. Councillors unanimously approved the proposed streets at a recent Communities Committee meeting. The Scottish Government Transport Scotland Act 2019 will see a ban on pavement parking, double parking and parking at dropped kerbs across the country. The legislation was designed to help make Scotland's transport network cleaner, smarter and more accessible. It also aims to empower local authorities and establish consistent standards to tackle current and future challenges. The legislation will, will allow local authorities to fine motorists flouting the law from December the 11th. Cars will be considered part if they are stationary and have one or more wheels touching the pavement, regardless of if the driver is present or the engine is running. Drivers caught pavement parking could be fined £100 by community wardens, reduced to £50 if paid within 14 days. Dundee City Council says it will take a phased approach and Angus is waiting on operational guidance before bringing in the ban, but is expected to start enforcement early next year. Graham Daly, Angus Council's Director of Infrastructure and Environment, said we aim to do it as near to the beginning of the next calendar year as possible. There are many people looking forward to this being introduced and it's something that has been put forward for a number of years. Officers also reassured members of the committee that there will be an adjustment period as the legislation comes into force. There will be an inevitability that people will simply be unaware. What our intention is in terms of the application of the legislation is a form of soft or sensitive start and it will be a relatively small period of time where we will issue something like an advisory note. The estimated cost of installing new signage and road markings on the proposed roads is set to cost £170,000 to be fully covered by a Transport Scotland grant. The streets suggested for exemption are Carnoustie, Miller Street, Mall Street, Collier Street, Terrace Road and Balfour Place. Kerry Muir, South Street, Henry Street, Kirkwind, A92, Marywell, North End. Monifeath, Milton Park. However, no waiting at any time restrictions would be applied at most of these locations. 
In Henry Street, Kerry Muir, the council plans to reverse the current direction of the one-way street. The following three-tiered assessment was used to decide on which streets to enforce the ban. Green, where a change in driver behaviour would be required and they would have to park at locations other than on the footway. Amber, this may be where vehicles are habitually parked on the footway and there is no suitable alternative within walking distance. Red. Exemptions to the pavement parking prohibition would be required, plus other potential mitigation measures, where there is no alternative to pavement parking. The pavement parking ban does not apply to vehicles being used by the emergency services and armed forces. Roadworks, waste collection, breakdown assistance, emergency health care, postal services or loading and unloading for up to 20 minutes are also permitted. The new legislation follows more than a decade of lobbying by campaigners. Call for diversion of flood relief cash. Calls have been made for Scottish Government flood relief cash to be routed to areas still reeling from Storm Babette's aftermath. A breakdown of flood management cash over the last two years reveals Angus Council has received £200,000 and Aberdeenshire £185,000 of a £150 million commitment. With funding set to drop this year, a plea has been made to prioritise areas like Brechin, where families are still out of council and housing association properties. North East Region MSP Liam Kerr made the call after obtaining figures from the Scottish Minister Mary McCallan. Under Costler rules, Mr Kerr believes a large share of next year's £19 million figure, down from £21 million this year, will have to be spent on replacing the damaged Brechin Flood Protection Scheme. Scottish Conservative, Mr Kerr said, the First Minister promised the people of Brechin and other flooded areas that help was coming. But extra cash never materialised and it even took four weeks for the First Ministerial Task Force to take place. It turns out the £150 million constantly referred to by the SNP government is just a trickle over the course of five years. Barely enough to help any of our cash-strapped councils get to grips with what's needed to provide adequate flood protection. Brechin alone will need millions to replace its flood scheme. The Scottish Government must prioritise funding for those areas which are repeatedly hit the worst by extreme weather. Charities benefit from friends. The recently formed Fundraising Friends of Our Broth group has helped out four local charities with a donation each of £500. Representatives handed the cash over at a recent presentation in the Commercial Inn Arbroath. Sonia Nelson presented £500 to Sandra Ramsey and Lily Robb from mental health charity Reach Across. Margaret McAndrew handed over £500 to Sharon Spink from the Angus Toy Appeal, which supplies Christmas gifts to families in need. Linda Durno presented £500 to Lynn Souter and Shannon Evans of Arbroath Connections, which supports those living with mild dementia, while Robin Watt handed over £500 to Arthur Pritchard of the Community Cafe, run by Arbroath Football Club Community Trust. 
housing plan for Forfar Moneyfeath School. A Forfar Moneyfeath School and office building is set to be brought back into use as housing after standing empty for seven years. Angus Council has set out plans to convert what was once Moneyfeath Public School into 20 council homes. The local authority said that the development of Invertee House will create good quality, affordable housing that can improve the quality of life for residents by offering an environment that has positive benefits for health, financial stability and security. Originally built in 1878 as a school, Invertee House provided education for both primary and secondary pupils up until 1966 and then primary education alone until its closure in 1985. More recently, the building was used as office space until it was closed in 2016. The Council has now submitted planning and listed building consent applications for social housing at the Mall Street site. Councillor Kenny Bray's Communities Vice Convener said the Inverty House site holds a lot of history and this new development will add to this even more by bringing a valuable new asset into the community by way of high quality affordable homes. Enabling the creation of much needed new properties for social rent helps us to deliver our ambitious affordable housing targets. The project will give a new lease of life to a prominent and well-liked building in the heart of Monifeath and provides much needed affordable accommodation. The proposals incorporate a diverse mix of private, semi-private and public open green space to aid biodiversity, forms an attractive, usable environment for the community and visitors and creates an enhanced landscape setting for the former school building. A new public garden is proposed at the north of the site next to Mall Street. The new homes, they will contribute to the local housing strategy 2023 to 2028 target of 76 new affordable homes each year in Angus by the council and its housing association partners. The planning application is now live. Anyone wishing to make comments can do so by going to Angus Council's planning portal. Holyrood Notes by Graham Day, MSP. The time to act to tackle climate change is now. The recent series of severe weather events culminating Storm Babette have served to remind us of the developing threat posed by climate change. This is a reality that our community in Angus, along with the rest of the world, is grappling with. Whilst the focus during these events was rightly on responding to the threat to lives and property and now on recovery, we cannot lose sight of the long-term implications of rapidly worsening weather and how we are playing catch-up in addressing the causes. The truth is, as a society, We've been slow to acknowledge the severity of climate change and the urgent need to modify our behaviours. The destruction witnessed in parts of Angus and beyond, particularly the scenes in Brechin, where advanced flood defences were overwhelmed, should leave no room for doubt about the gravity of the situation. These events were not just disastrous for those directly affected, 
they were a grim reminder of our vulnerability to nature's fury. But this wasn't an isolated incident. We have had other significant flooding events across the county. Storms and exceptional rainfall are becoming the norm. Tragically, lives have been lost and massive emotional and financial blows dealt. These past few months should indeed serve as a belated wake-up call. The need for a collective and individual response is more pressing than ever. The transition away from using fossil fuels is essential. We need to focus on renewable energy generation. Government can support and facilitate that, but the willingness to alter behaviours must be there. Otherwise, there will be much more of the kind of devastation we have seen. Moreover, time is of the essence. Climate change, once a topic of denial for some, has become an undeniable reality. It's no longer a distant threat, but a present-day crisis impacting our environment, economy and way of life. We must engage in this conversation with a sense of urgency and responsibility, whether it's supporting local initiatives for sustainable living, advocating for stronger environmental policies, or simply altering our daily habits to reduce our carbon footprint. Every action counts. Let's not wait for another wake-up call. The time to act is now. Charity Calendar Returns A popular charity calendar featuring some of the North East's beauty spots and wildlife is on sale for a third year. North East Sensory Services, NESS, has produced the 2024 calendar using photographs taken by the charity's fundraising manager, Caroline Rutherford. The calendar features 12 stunning images from around the North East, and all funds raised will support the charity's life-changing work for people with visual and hearing impairments across Angus, Dundee, Aberdeenshire, Aberdeen and Murray. Caroline, a keen amateur photographer, captured the images while walking throughout the North East. Last year, the calendar raised £670 to support Ness's work and the charity is hoping that the 2024 calendar will prove to be just as popular. Calendars are priced at £7.50 each or £12 for two and are available from Ness's resource centres in Aberdeen, Dundee and Elgin or by phoning 0345. Two seven one, two three four five. Cozy Coat Project helping to keep people warm. Our Broth FC Community Trust is ready to find new homes for a range of winter coats donated under this year's Cozy Coats initiative. The trust is working with Thornton's solicitors for the second year to help as many people as possible stay warm this winter. Last year, it handed out 120 coats to those in need and is hoping to smash this target this year. A spokesman said, We are now looking for donation of coats. Coats should be in good condition with no rips or tears. Any donations can be handed in to the Arbroath FCCT offices in Gayfield Park or any of the drop-off points. 
Donations can be left at Thornton's offices in Arbroath, Montrose, Forfar and Dundee. Inquiries about the scheme can be emailed to georgia at arbroathfcct.co.uk and details of how to apply to receive a quote can be found on the Trust's Facebook page. Plaque to commemorate witch trial victims. A plaque commemorating these, those who fell victim to the infamous Forfar witch trials of the 17th century was unveiled in the town on Sunday. The project is the result of years of research and awareness raising by local historian Judith Langland Scott, who specialises in the Forfar witch hunts of 1661 to 1662. Over that time, 50 women and men were accused of witchcraft, many of whom were found guilty and executed. She and her research partner, Sean Wilson, have worked over the last year to raise awareness within and outside the local community of the miscarriage of justice which took place 360 years ago, with their efforts receiving much support from people in the area. The memorial, which was designed by the same artists who painted the town's witch-themed mural, was unveiled in the Canmore Room in the municipal building at the Cross. Together with Reverend Dr Karen Fenwick, councillors Lynn Devine, Linda Clark, Ross Gregg and Ian McLaren and Stuart Perry from Forfar Action Network have worked hard to bring this project to fruition. The design was commissioned from local artists Kayleigh Esplin and Andrew Rose. The plaque itself has been made in Forfar by Sign Industries and the money for the project was gifted by myself, Sean and two local businessmen, Mark Guild and Duncan Allen. The plaque will be displayed on the corner of the building, which occupies the site of the toll booth in which accused witches were held. Towns light up for Christmas celebrations. Christmas well and truly arrived in Angus at the weekend with Arbroath, Kerrymuir, Brechin and Carnoustie celebrating the switch-on of their town's lights. In Brechin, the lights were switched on by Perthshire farmer, comedian and internet sensation Jim Smith, who posed for photos and signed autographs for the crowd, who also enjoyed a number of stalls in St Ninian's Square, manned by local organisations. Arbroath held an afternoon-long Christmas market with the lights switched on by five-year-old Lennox Sutherland, whose mum, Cara, was a champion fundraiser for the event. Music was provided by Radio North Angus, and as the climax of the evening, the town's pipe band piped Santa into Kirk Square to meet with local children. Kerry Muir also enjoyed a festive fair in the Guide Hall, and the lights were switched on by Santa himself. Hello, this is Julie reading the Angus County Press from Thursday, December the 7th. Funds for Recovery by Mark Dowie. Angus residents who lost everything in Storm Babette will have access to a fund of £100,000 in addition to the general funding announced by the Scottish Government. People whose homes and businesses were damaged are able to apply for grants from this week, 
to help them recover from the impacts of the storm's unprecedented flooding. Cabinet Secretary for Net Zero, Mary McAllen, said many are worried about what the immediate future holds and we acknowledge that for many the festive season is going to be challenging. This grant scheme recognises this. I want to reassure those affected that the Scottish Government will play our part in helping people and businesses through this horrible experience which has destroyed property and belongings. We have made sure the scheme is as simple and fair as possible for people to apply to and to give councils direction so they can help as many people and businesses as possible. Grants of £1,500 are available to people whose primary residence was flooded. Businesses, charities and community groups which cannot operate or which sustain significant damage and can only carry out limited work due to flooding are able to claim £3,000. Angus residents can apply for flood recovery funding in the following ways online on the Angus Council website, in person at the Crickety Cadham Place Brechin from 10am to 2pm Monday to Thursday and that is until December 21st where staff will be on hand to support people to apply or via the Council's access line on 03452 Christmas at the Cathedral a special festival has been held in Brechin next weekend to help brighten up the town and to highlight one of its most historic buildings. The free event has been held at Brechin Cathedral on Saturday, December 16th between 3.30 and 8.30pm and promises much in the way of entertainment and activities to bring some much-needed festive spirit to a community which has been hard-pressed in recent months. Music will be provided by Brechin City Band, South East Strings with Gordon Penman, The Proseccos and Bob Thompson. There will also be a children's art competition and art exhibition, as well as displays from Brechin Floral Art Club and stalls selling Christmas gifts. The afternoon will culminate in a carol concert which will start at 6.30pm. Ready for Annual Service by Mark Dowie Members of Brechin Scout Group are gearing up for their annual Christmas card delivery service, which is now underway. The group is hoping that as many people as possible in the town will help by using the service, which still costs only 30p per card. And this year, there is a particular and urgent reason for the Scouts' fundraising. A spokesperson said our main fundraising event is not just for the everyday running costs, but will go toward a major repair of the roof. The cost will be thousands of pounds, but is urgently needed. Collecting boxes have been delivered to the following shops. Cooperative Trinity Road, Dennis's, Lidl, News Plus, Tesco and the Squarey Newsagents and remain there until 2pm on Monday, December 18th. Cards can only be delivered to the town area of Brechin and any posted for Trinity, Little Brechin, Farnell, Edsel or other towns and countries will not be delivered. Criticism over missed funding opportunity by Mark Dowie. Scottish Conservative candidate for Angus and the Perthshire Glen, Stephen Kerr, has blasted Angus Council for missing out on £20 million in levelling up funding from the UK government on behalf of a local business. The Caledonian Railway in Brechin submitted plans last year to improve and upgrade their offering, which aim to bring significantly more visitors as well as new jobs to the town and surrounding area.
Mr Kerr said the terrible failure of SNP-led Angus Council to bid for the cash in 2022 due to fears about the cost has meant the Cali Railway has lost out on what could have been a spectacular payday for this much-loved business. For SNP-led Angus Council to have failed them in this way is nothing short of shameful. Mr Kerr also said that the omission had been a failure of leadership. Stores Backing for Toy Appeal by Mark Dowie Dobby's Money Fee Store has joined with Charity Cash for Kids to give children a need in need a gift this Christmas. Mission Christmas is set to make a difference to children and young people in communities across the UK who are affected by poverty, illness, neglect or have additional needs. This initiative aims to spread the joy that comes with unwrapping a Christmas present on Christmas Day. The store is hosting a gift donation drop-off point for the scheme and is now encouraging those who can to bring a gift and help Santa reach young people in need this year. Chloe Bell, Dobby's Community and CSR Communications Executive, said we're delighted to be partnering with Cash for Kids to make Christmas extra special for these young people. We hope that the spirit of Christmas centred around sharing and giving inspires everyone to donate a present or two at our Dundee store. Retirement after 46 years with the team. A member of Angus Council's waste operations team in Arbroath retired recently after 46 years. Johnny Duncan joined the Arbroath depot on February 28, 1978 at the age of 21. A well-respected member of the team, he was nicknamed Rambo by colleagues due to his liking for wearing camouflage attire on his days off. At the beginning of his career, Johnny started by lifting steel bins from customers' back doors to the waste lorry, back-breaking work. It was some relief to his back-breaking work when wheelie bins were introduced in the 1980s by the council. Known for his sense of humour and an immaculate attendance record, Johnny was well-liked by his customers. To mark his retirement, he was presented with a bottle of whisky, a digital radio and cash from team leader Grant Edward. He looks forward to spending more time fishing. And there's a nice picture of him and his colleagues in the paper. App Updates Farming Industry Practices by Mark Dowie. Two Angus farming cousins have set out to revolutionise the farming and agricultural in industry with the launch of a brand new app. The first of its kind, Yokit, is a digital platform created by farmers for farmers and provides game-changing visibility on operations driving the sustainability of farming businesses. It was the project of James and John Fairley who were frustrated by the amount of time spent on manual administrative tasks such as reviewing timesheets and processing payroll and invoicing. With no clear solution on the market, over the last two years they created a bespoke digital platform to automate these tasks while providing real-time operational data and analytics. John runs Balmurmur Farms, where potato, cereals and beef cattle enterprises near our growth. Before returning to the family farm, he qualified as a chartered accountant and spent eight years in corporate finance roles. James was UK Young Farmer of the Year 2017 and runs Fairly Farming Co, a wear potato and cereals business together with a commercial scale biogas plant near Muniki. John said Yokit provides on the go smartphone app based work log functions 
that enables everyone to digitally record key information on the go. Yokit is available on the App Store and Google Play and costs £10 per month per team member or £99 per year for team member. <laughs> Further information at www.yokit.co.uk. Rail passengers reminded to check new timetables. ScotRail is reminding customers to check their journey before its new timetable starts. The train operator's timetable will change on Sunday 10th of December. The new timetable will see changes between Dundee and Inverurie, delivering improvements to service reliability, particularly at local stations between Dundee and Aberdeen. Additional stops are being added to services between Glasgow Queen Street and Aberdeen and between Edinburgh Waverley and Aberdeen, creating new direct journey opportunities between communities in Angus and Aberdeenshire. The change will see a reduction in local services for customers in the North East. However, the timetable introduced in December will better connect them with Aberdeen, Dundee, Perth and Glasgow. Local benefits from Wind Farm Grant funding by Mark Dowie. Community projects in Montrose are making positive changes for local people thanks to funding from the Sea Green Community Benefit Microgrants community councillors have heard. The Benefit Fund has been established to benefit communities in Angus which have experienced some impact from the construction and operations of the Sea Green offshore wind farm. In total, £1.8 million will be invested in local projects in the community council areas of Montrose, Carnoustie, Teeling, Murrows and Wellbank, Arbroath and Ferryden and Craig. Each area will receive £250,000 for legacy projects in their area, with local people deciding what's important to them. In Montrose, the grants are allocated by the town's community council. So far, £18,000 has been made available to local groups in Montrose through two tranches of micro-grants, with the primary areas receiving funds being community-focused or charitable activities which enhance the environment, conservation and biodiversity, improve community spaces, facilities and services, and promote health and well-being or sustainability. Mm -hmm. In March, the Community Council was allocated its second tranche of £9,000 to provide micro-grants to 18 eligible local projects. John Barlow from Montrose Hope Payton Bowling Club talked about bringing young people into the sport with initiatives funded with the cash, while Claire Adam from Montrose Rugby Club Community Sports Project presenting it about its efforts to get more young people into sport. Alan Hogg of Montrose Men's Shed explained how its microgrant has part-funded its planning application for a purpose-built facility next to Rosalie FC's ground to help men who need social connection and purpose outside mainstream hobbies. While Anne Tully from Phyllis Friendship Cafe described how it's worked to reduce loneliness in the community. The other groups which have been awarded microgrants so far include Borrowfield Community Centre, Montrose Tennis Club, Montrose Burns Club, Deborah Charity Music and Food Festival, Angus Bookfest, Montrose Town Band and Montrose Youth 2013 Football Team. 
Further rounds of microgrant funding will be run by the Community Council over the next three years. The application form can be downloaded from the Community Council Facebook page or collected in person from Crawford Architecture at 72 Newwind in Montrose. Support leads to Sweet Smell of Success by Mark Dowie. A Forfar-based luxury chocolate brand that started in its owner's home kitchen has successfully expanded into new premises after receiving advice and support from Business Gateway. Chocolatia Handcrafts uh, sells a range of artisan chocolates made from the finest sustainable ingredients. The business makes a conscious effort to celebrate the very best of the Scotland's and Angus larders and often showcases homegrown flavours in its chocolates, including fresh Perthshire berries and elderflower which grows in abundance in Angus. Owner Chloe Oswald, a former Glen Eagles chocolatier, first fell in love with the process of chocolate making in her early years, during which time she regularly made sweet treats in her grandmother's kitchen. She launched her brand after finding herself furloughed during the COVID-19 pandemic. Business Gateway provided a range of support, including one-to-one -one guidance from a dedicated business advisor who supported Chloe with Chocolatia's production process. Experience in popular demand for her award-winning products, including the Macallan Distillery and the Royal Scotsman Train, Chloe found she needed larger premises to increase production. She recently acquired her first business premises in Forfar, with Business Gateway providing HR support essential when employing staff for the first time. Elaine Donaghy, Business Gateway advisor, added, It's excellent to see Chloe get the recognition she deserves through her award-winning success. Her chocolates are a true delight, just like Chloe has been to work with. Magical Experience at Winter's Nights by Mark Dowie for families looking to get ready for Christmas, wanting to capture some of the magic of the season or enjoy a festive treat, Brecon could be an excellent place to start. Brecon Castle Centre has set out to give Angus an unusual and magical Yuletide experience and has succeeded in its aim with the return of magical winter nights. Light displays, interactive installations and music have turned the centre's 70-acre country park into a sparkling winter wonderland, which will bring a smile to the face of adults as well as children. Susan Young, Brecon Castle Centre's marketing and events manager, said the country park provides the perfect backdrop for a truly incredible experience, and we invite everyone to join us in creating unforgettable memories and to feel the magic. Slots are available every 30 minutes, Thursday to Sunday, from 4.15 to 6.15 p.m., and parking is free. For more information or to book, visit www.breakincastlecentre.co.uk forward slash events forward slash magical winter nights. A bit of Blarney at the Webster Theatre. Actor and comedian Ricky Tomlinson is set to return to the stage in the popular music comedy that celebrates the best of Irish culture. The Irish Annie's tour will commence around the St Patrick's Day celebrations at the William Aston Hall in Wrexham on Monday, March 11th, and will visit a further 25 venues across England, Scotland and Wales, including Arbroath's Webster Theatre on Sunday, March the 24th. 
Irish Annie's is a celebration of Irish culture from the music to the comedy, featuring the well-known live six-piece band, The Shenanigans. Details at www.angusalive.scot. College officially opens eSports Studio. Dundee and Angus College has officially opened the doors to its new state-of-the-art eSports studio at the Gardine campus. The studio, a first of its kind in Scotland, features two industry standard tournament rooms, a broadcasting studio, commentator studio and a recording booth, all equipped with the top-of-the-range gaming technology and equipment. The DNA eSports studios, says Chris van der Kuhl, stands as a testimony to the college's commitment to not only providing students with the best hands-on learning experience in a unique environment, but an exceptional venue that can accommodate a wide range of esports, games and creative technology organisations. College principal Simon Hewitt said we're excited to see the incredible opportunities this space will offer our students, partners and the gaming community as a whole. And to sport, Forfar boss Ray left perplexed by draw with Stranraer. Forfar athletic boss Ray McKinnon was left feeling perplexed after his side could only draw one all at home to Stranraer on Saturday. The hosts would batter the opposition goal during the game, while their guests found the net with their sole effort on target. Forfar started brightly as and Andy Monroe and Josh Skelly both fired wide before Marty Allen nodded home at the back post in the eighth minute to give them the lead. Oliver McDonald struck a free kick from 25 yards that deflected off the wall and went over Mark McCallum and into the net via the crossbar. McKinnon told Forfar Athletic TV, We're a wee bit perplexed because we played some really nice football, particularly in the first half. As always, though, if you don't take your chances, you see what can happen. You lose a freak goal to a deflection, so we are really frustrated. Forfar head to the capital on Saturday to face Spartans. Brecon City. Brecon City boss Gavin Price has been impressed with the quality of his new side, but feels the squad could do with, do with some reinforcements. He told the club's website, I was really impressed with the standard and effort in training. It's been good to work with the players and get an idea of how we want to play and how to get the best out of the squad. We're definitely needing reinforcements and there are a couple of positions that I've identified where we can improve our options. The players we've got are all very capable, but we need that strength and depth and competition for places is very important. Brecon are on the road this Saturday as they travel to Fort Martin United. And lastly, new Gayfield boss is named by Brian Yule. Arbroath has appointed Jim McIntyre as its new manager following the departure of Dick Campbell last month. Campbell stepped down after seven years in charge after the Scottish Cup defeat to Spartans, with Arbroath sitting second bottom of the championship. McIntyre, who was most recently boss at Dundee and Cove Rangers, will be in the dugout for the first time on Saturday at home to bottom side Morton. The former Kilmarnock and Dundee United striker, who will be assisted by Jimmy Boyle, told the club's website, I'm really excited to be here and can't wait to get started. Arbroath have had incredible success on and off the park in recent years and have firmly established themselves as a respected championship club. In my discussions with the board, I was really impressed with the levels of ambition 
shown on the, at the club on and off the park. Club chairman Mike Caird added, we spoke to a number of talented candidates, but Jim emerged as the board's unanimous choice from the interview process. He impressed us with his energy and desire to embrace our growth and everything our club stands for.